just a story. He is the King of glory. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Oh, yes, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Oh, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Well, he's born just a story. Brave and true and ever firm me. 
seated. God bless you. Rick Nance, it's your turn. As I say around here, you're up next. Praise the Lord. Have the liberty to do whatever you want to do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Lord bless you. Well, praise the Lord. Good to be here in Chelsea. Oklahoma. Praise the Lord. I know I'm here because I hear a train. And I, well, actually, I feel it. <laughs> I can feel that train shaking the ground. Behind me. But it is so very, very, very good to be here. And uh, it's, um, it's an honor to be invited by the pastor to uh, trust me enough to come. And, to come and, well, at least he knows I won't mess it up too bad. So, <laughs> but it's it's great to be here. Good to see Brother Stevens. Praise the Lord and all of these you very 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 faithful saints. God, God's got a, something very special prepared for all of you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord because He, and I'm so glad for this. I've I said it throughout my ministry. I am so glad that the Lord didn't say that. When we meet the Lord, he will, he will not be saying, well done, thou good and successful servant. Because I don't know what success is. I'm not feeling all that successful, personally. Well done, thou good and wealthy servant. That'd keep me out. I can tell you that right now. 
faithful. I may not be able to, I may not have the talent, I may not have the strength, I may not have the ability to do what others can do, but I can be faithful. I can be faithful. And uh, so there's nothing hindering us from going there to be with the Lord forever. Praise the Lord. And that's what we're working at doing. We, we don't just come together because y'all are bored, didn't have anything to do on a Wednesday night. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the world calls it hump day. And I think sometimes it's a spiritual hump day. Praise the Lord. God, I've been, uh, I've been around the Philistines, and uh, they're beating me down a little bit here. And I, I need to focus, and I need to re-energize. I need to be with people that, I, I, I'd like to bump into somebody that believes what I believe. You know, that'd be nice. Praise the Lord. So here we are. Praise the Lord. And there's um, something I've been um, reading on quite a bit, studying and uh, looking at uh, that I think is really important. It's, uh, it's very important, a couple things. One is that uh, Brother Tenney wrote a book years ago entitled, The Main Thing is to Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing. And it's so easy to get our eye off the ball. And, you know, how many people have uh, gotten terrible accidents? They were good drivers, but they didn't seem to be, they don't seem to be able to uh, watch the road all the time. You know, uh, when I was up in Minnesota, my uh, wife's aunt passed away a few weeks ago. We went up there for the funeral. And they had some uh, markers on the road there that we were driving on in Minnesota. And uh, I was thinking, what are these? And what, then there'd be a sign that would tell you, okay, you, you just passed these six or eight lines, and that took you three seconds. So however far you traveled here, three seconds with your eyes off the road. And you can be 200 feet down the road. And anything could be popped up in that point in time. And so, you know, our world understands you've got to stay focused. You've got to keep the main thing the main thing. When you're driving a car, you've got to keep your eyes on the road. And in living for God, there's so many distractions. There's so many uh, poles and in so many directions, and uh, sometimes we have to uh, kind of, as it were, to come together and collectively say, okay, we we got to get back on the same page as the Lord, <laughs> you know, and we've got to get our eyes on the Lord. He's the way. He is the way. I keep my eyes on Him. I keep stepping in His tracks. I don't have to know all the way, to, you know, I don't have to know every curve and valley to get to heaven. I just have to step in his tracks. I just got to stay on that path, and uh, I'll get there. You just got to follow the right one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But t today, I'm, I'm, or this evening, I'm, I'd like for us to look for uh, just, a, a, just a moment um, at a very, very um, well-known uh, story from the book of John. And... Uh, uh, it's uh, the story of Jesus Christ and his encounter with the, the woman at the well. And um, 
I was asked, what is the, what is the title of my message tonight? And I said, I don't have one. I don't have one because it would probably be too long because it's not one thing, you know. But a couple takeaways that I felt just recently from this and reading it and going through it. Number one is the importance of the Holy Ghost. The importance of the Holy Ghost. We're absolutely in uh, way over our heads to try and live for God without it. Uh, there is no way we can actually serve the Lord the way we should and could without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we're, we're, we're all wanting to see our churches grow, and not just our church to grow, but we want to see people come to the Lord. And I think one of the most inspiring things for any church is seeing somebody born again and see some miserable, like we've all been at one time, miserable, forlorn, beaten up soul come to the Lord and uh, come up smiling. Praise the Lord. And, 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 and walk out with the weight of the world off of their shoulders and, 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 and onto a new trajectory to a whole lot better place. And if they will just continue on that, uh, sometimes it feels like we're just, uh, you know, we're, we're just uh, walking through a swamp. And we're not getting anywhere. But if you turn around and you look back, then all of a sudden you realize, I've come farther than I thought. I've moved further than I thought. What I'd like to read from John, the uh, fourth chapter, starting with verse number one. And uh, it's going to read quite a bit of it, but I'll just start with the first uh, five or six verses. It says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, set thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Lord Jesus, I ask you, Lord, in this next few minutes to speak to our hearts and God to, to, to again uh, point us in the right direction and help us, Lord God, to, to understand that we are part of something that is eternal. And Lord, it may not move as fast sometimes as we wish, and it may not be as exciting some days as we would like it to be, but God, help us to realize that you're interested in our heading, in our direction. And we want to be on the road, the right road, headed in the right direction, Lord God. And we, we may not make as much uh, distance in one day as we do the next, but Lord God, we want to keep moving in the right direction. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. And as your word has said, we want to be not weary in well-doing, for we shall reap in due season if we faint not. Help us and talk to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Um, we're reading here, this, this starts out the um, fourth chapter of the book of John, um, where it says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, we're looking at the very beginning of the Lord's uh, ministry. This is early on in his, uh, in his ministry. It didn't even start till he was 30. And it was over before he was 34. <laughs> so uh, the, really it's three to three and a half years was the total time of his ministry. And I've been reading of late that many believe that actually he didn't actually where you get to the point where he's having these crowds and everything. He's almost a year, year and a half into his ministry before it really starts to snowball and to uh, take on momentum. But the first thing that the Lord did at the beginning of his ministry is he, he sought out John the Baptist and John had, it was, as the Bible would refer to, as the forerunner of Christ. He was the forerunner. He came, as was prophesied in the book of Isaiah, and he was simply, he had a, a, a single message, repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he was paving the way for the Messiah which was Jesus Christ. And so just six months after John actually started his ministry, Jesus started his. They were just six months apart. And Jesus sought out John, and he asked him to baptize him. Now, John didn't feel worthy to do that, but he recognized who he was. And he had made it very clear, he must increase, I must decrease. I'm not, I, I, I am not worthy to tie his shoes. Uh, and so Jesus told him, this is important. It must, to fulfill all righteousness, you, you must baptize me. So John baptized him. And then after, And it's hooked a screw to my phone. And while I'm talking to you, she says, I don't know. We can look and see where John baptized. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> Sari, <laughs> go away. <laughs> she, she's, starting going, she's about to start helping me preach. Yeah. But, you know, somebody's nuts when they're the only one here in this voice. <laughs> and I'm the only one hearing it. So you got to go put you out in the car if you're not careful. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's a first. That's a first. You can tell I'm a rookie with hearing aids. <laughs> uh, that one snuck up on me. So almost not immediately, but very quickly, 
as it was God's will, and John let his disciples know that we were saying, hey, 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 who's this guy over here? He's messing up our church. He's taking our saints, you know. And John had to tell him, that's the way this is supposed to work. That's the plan. That's the plan. That's, that's how it should work. But what we read here is it said that the Pharisees began to uh, talk about the fact that they're observing what's going on with all of these new, whatever they were, uh, preachers popping up out of nowhere, drawing a lot bigger crowds than they could. And uh, so they said, Jesus, his disciples are baptizing more new disciples than John's. He's, he's, getting, uh, he's getting quite a movement. In fact, a lot of John's people are shifting over to him. Now, Jesus was not in competition with John. And John had a ministry, and it was soon to end, but Jesus wasn't going to step on it or hinder it or whatever he was trying, John was called to do. So Jesus had been down towards Judea in the Jordan River. That's where they had the water. And he was baptizing, and John was baptizing. You ever hear of the dueling banjos? We had the dueling Baptists. And, uh, you know, now Jesus and John were spiritual enough to not have a problem with it, but the disciples weren't. They were kept, hey, 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 he was with us last week. Sheep thief. Sheep thief, you know. And Jesus was like, I'm going to head back up north. I'm going to work up north. And so Jesus then determined, we're going to go back to Galilee. But then he threw a monkey wrench into things when he said, I needs must go through Samaria. Now, Jesus didn't take was what he did here is he didn't take the typical route that a Jew would take to go from Judea to Samaria. Because at that time they were dominated by the Romans and they were divided into different uh, regions or uh, what have you. And so the southern uh, part of what used to be known as Israel, the Romans, matter of fact, by the way, whenever you hear people talking about Palestine, uh, the Romans named that land Palestine. Uh, not God. When they talk about this is Palestine, God never called it that. The Romans called it that. It was either the promised land or Israel. Uh, but anyway, Jesus would typically take the route that all Jews would because you had Judea and then in the middle, was a, a piece of area that Rome had blocked off, and it was referred to as Samaria. And then above it, up by the Sea of Galilee and going over to the Mediterranean, was Galilee. In between Judea, which was all Jewish, primarily Jewish, and Galilee, which is primarily Jewish, was Samaria, which was populated primarily by Samaritans. And Samaritans and Jews were like cats and dogs. Don't let them in the same room together. A fight's going to break out. Like, brother, you're from Wisconsin. 
you've heard the phrase, I went to a, I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. <laughs> you know, there's more fighting than playing going on in those hockey games. Well, Jews and Samaritans did not mix. Primarily because the Jews had zero respect for Samaritans because they were they had Jewish origin, tried to pretend to be the same as the other Jews, but they were mixed bloods. Because after the Assyrians had come into the northern kingdom and carried them away, some Jews were left in that area, but then the Assyrians moved in a lot of Gentiles, and they all intermarried. And so the Jews considered them half-breeds, and if you're going to call me a half-breed, then I'm going to find a name to call you. Stuck up, big shot, you know. So uh, it, it was just to the point where they literally could not get along together at all. And so Jews would not speak to a Samaritan. That's why Jesus used the example when this, uh, uh, this Jewish leader said, well, who is my brother? And Jesus gave the parable of the good Samaritan. You talk about swallowing hard. He said, who is this man's neighbor? I don't think he even said Samaritan. He said, I, he said I, I, uh, him. I can't get that out of my mouth. My mother would roll over in my grave if I said Samaritan. I mean, he just didn't get along. And so they're wondering, what are we doing? I don't know that any of them had ever stepped one foot in Samaria. I mean, that was just something, you don't do that. If you're in Judea, you go over to the Jordan, you cross the Jordan, you go up the east bank of the Jordan, you get north of Samaria, you cross back over. No matter where you are, you go completely around Samaria. And Jesus said, um, we're going back up to the Galilee. And so they're getting ready to, to head for the Jordan. And he goes, no, I think we're going to go this way. That's, that's Samaria. Right. And so they took off towards Samaria. Of course, the, um, the disciples didn't really have a clue what Jesus was up to, why he was doing this. But the Bible tells us that as they were crossing Samaria, they uh, came to a well. And this was, the Bible says, a well that Jacob had dug and gave it to Joseph. So that was a very important well. And it was in Samaria. And so when they got to Jacob's well, um, the Bible, we just read here, Jesus was tired. It was about the, at the hottest point in the day. And he went and he sat on the well. And he told them, y'all go on into Sychar, this village, Samaritan village. Get something to eat. Come back and I'm just going to sit right here. And so they went into Sychar. And Jesus tried probably to find a shady spot and just sit down. 
And then in verse 7 it says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Sometimes when we're preaching, we try and bring something up and relate it to today. Um, there's no way I can do that. We're going to have to go from here back and relate to that day. And that was one of the most awkward meetings you could ever be a part of. Have you ever been somewhere where you just think, man, this is so awkward. Somebody, maybe you've had an issue with them. Maybe, uh, I, I don't know what it might be, but you, you know where, where you're stuck with somebody and you feel like you ought to say hello, but you're afraid they'll tell you to shut up. And so you don't say anything and they don't say anything because you won't say anything. And it's, it's awkward. You know, there was a guy that used to go to our church in prior years ago, and he left our church, and he started going to a different church, and um, for whatever reason, I don't know what all the reasons were, but um, years later, I bumped into him at uh, Walmart in prior, and I didn't really even recognize him, to be honest with you. He'd gained a lot of weight. He looked a lot like me. Uh, he'd put on weight. He'd lost his hair. Uh, what hair he had was real gray. So, quite honestly, when I walked up behind him, I didn't even recognize him. And he turned around and he said, Hi. And so I said, Hello. He said, You don't recognize me, do you? I hate that. If I, tell me who you are. Let's don't play 20 questions. <laughs> come on, man. And he finally told me, Ah, come on, you know who, you don't know him. No, I, I'm sorry. And then when he told me who he was, I oh, man, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry. It's been a while, you know. How are you doing? How are you doing? And um, we, we talked for a little bit, and then he had to go get on up and check out, and then I had to go check out. So he left, and he said, good to talk to you. And I find out through somebody months later, I totally offended him. I was like, how? He said, you didn't even ask him to come to your come back to your church. I said, it wasn't my job. He left. He's got the word out that he's going somewhere else and he's a whole lot happier. It was a little bit awkward. I you know, you know, I I don't go around to other people's churches and say, I want to come to my church. 50%. We're 50% off. Ties for the next fifty percent off. We're running a t a deal on ties, y'all. You know, yeah, yeah. And and uh, I know you just I know you just got out of rehab, but would you like to teach our Sunday school class? You know, and be on the board. Yeah, yeah. Well, all that's going through my head. What you know, and I, I'm just simply thinking. Well, I've had many people say. Um, we left the church and the 
pastor never called us. Well, anytime I ever called anybody that left the church in a huff, I didn't get a good reception. I called one man. Somebody said, please call him, please call him, please call him. So I finally did. I called him. He answered the phone. I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm fine. What about you? This isn't going to go well. <laughs> this isn't going to go well. So what I'm trying to point out here is that a lot of customs and rules were being broken at this meeting. And so this woman comes to the well, and um, again, it, 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 it's awkward. It says, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. First of all, to begin with, if she had any idea what protocol was, if you're a woman in the Middle East in that age, and there's a lone man, and you're alone, and he's at that well. It's like when you go to the gas station and uh, somebody's in the single bathroom they got there. You don't stand there shaking on that door and banging it. Well, some people do. Bang on it. You go look at the candy aisle, watching the door for somebody to come out of there. You know, protocol says don't stand there, you know. Bam, bam, bam. The door's locked. Genius. <laughs> you know, somebody's in there. Just, just move away. But she went on to the well. Now, that didn't offend Jesus. That's why he was there. That was no problem for the Lord. But to anybody else, it would be a problem. I mean, that would, that would be a, like... Somebody seeing me drive down the road and pull over and pick up a young lady half-dressed. I'm just giving her a ride. Go, there you go. Yo. Yeah. I'm with you. Would you have picked her up if she's ugly? <laughs> you know. So <laughs> she goes over, over to the well. And... Uh, She's kind of agitated because she recognizes this is a Jew. He's a man. He's a Jew. They're better than us. They look down on us. So if you don't like it here, why don't you go back to Judea? What are you doing at our well? He was undocumented. So she goes on to the well, which to her probably it's, it's a little bit awkward and it's a little bit aggravating because why should I have to hang out till he gets away from that well? It's our well. It's not his well. And so she goes to the well, and it says when she came to draw water, Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Well, this can go several ways. You could take that as a compliment, or you could take it as a, I could have drew my own, but hey, Samaritan girl, get me some water. Hurry, woman. You know, whatever it was, 
how it hit her, which was probably wrong. She probably read it wrong. We all can do that. And so he said, give me to drink. And then it goes on to say, for his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So, first of all, she was aggravated just having to go up to that well. And we'll understand a little more clearly why that might be an aggravation, because she's probably already got a bad name in Sychar. She is a woman no woman wants to see her husband talking to. If you get my drift. And so she probably wasn't even in the mood to, to, to run into this man sitting here. And so her response was, to me, I read it as a little bit surly. Because the whole thing is a cultural taboo. And she stays in hot water half the time anyway because she has not been one that plays by the rules. And so here he is now asking her for water. And so there's an issue here. It's not just this is a man. This is a Jewish man. And he doesn't like me and I don't like him. But he wasn't there to fight. He wasn't there to condemn. He wasn't there at that point to judge. The whole reason for going through Samaria was her. She didn't know that. She didn't know that. A lot of times God puts us in places where we have an open door, an open door, an opportunity to. We we can't give anybody a full blown Bible study. <laughs> They won't receive it, and we don't have time for it usually in, out here in the world. But at the same time, there has to be a touch point. And first of all, he, he, he was having to reach out to her and let her see a different Jew, a different attitude, a different kind of Jew than she had ever ran into. He wasn't there to hurt her or to run her down or to ruin her day or to, he wasn't just sitting there for somebody else to draw his water. He was there for her. He was there for her. And so the first thing she did was be natural. She showed little attitude. You talking to me? You talking to me? Aren't you too good to be talking to me? You know, when somebody says that, you know, you're getting attitude. <laughs> you're getting big attitude. Oh, you're talking to me, huh? Yeah, see, you don't have a rope. You don't have a cup. Yeah, you're talking to me now. <laughs> I got a bucket. That's why you're talking to me. You need me. Jesus answered and said unto her, and don't sweat it. We're not going to go all night. Lord willing, willing. Um, We'll have church Sunday morning, and we can go into other aspects of 
reaching out, the Holy Ghost, what have you. So I'm, I'm more than capable of stopping at an appropriate time. When do y'all usually get out? Ten? A couple doors flew open from the sucked air. You know? <laughs> Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, Thou wouldest have asked of me him, and he would have given thee living water. Here's what we're here for. <laughs> I didn't walk half a day in this ugly Samaritan landscape. Cooking in this hot Samaritan sun. With my tongue hanging out. Sitting here at this well, trying to find some Samaritan to get into a fight with. So one thing we have to do, brothers and sisters, when we ever have an opportunity to reach out to somebody, they may claw back. Don't take the bait. We're not there to fight. We're not there to fight. We're there to minister. We're there to help. You don't go and say, well, <laughs> you know, I've seen girls walk around and look like the Lord. How did she live after that panther attack? Completely tore her pants up, you know. <laughs> you know? Ripped everything off. They're just threads holding her pants on now, you know. We, now, we can get real smart-mouthed about stuff like that, you know. or you're, But that's not what we're here to do. Believe it or not, People, unsaved people aren't stupid. And they know when you're being a smart mouth or you're judgy. You get the love of God in your heart. You don't go around thinking, I'd like to throw you through a wall. No, I'd like you to take a drink of this water. It works. It's really good. It's good. I'm here. And she said, you know, she, she basically said this well is deep. You have no way of drawing it. Why would you ask me to draw you water? You are a Jew. And he said, woman, if you knew the water that I want to give to you, you would have asked me first. You would have come running to this well if you knew what I was offering you. You would have begged me for some of this water. Living water. Now, she didn't know what he's talking about. It's kind of funny as you read this. She didn't understand what he was talking about. But sometimes when we're rock, talking to people and they act like they don't understand, our spirits are talking. Uh, there's a communication going on on a level that's not verbal. And suddenly they're recognizing there is something going on here that's... Uh, different than normal. This isn't normal. And I, I think he was trying to let her know, get, tr try and get over your aggravation. Try to get over your feelings of awkwardness. Try to get over your prejudging me. Because I'm a Jew, you automatically say, you're this, 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 and this. 
If you can get beyond that, I want you to understand why am I here? You. You. I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm here for you. She was the reason he took that route. Her situation would look like, you know, I'm I'm going out and I'm knocking doors, and I'm or I'm or I'm uh, try and say, Lord, lead me to somebody. I want to witness to somebody. And the first one you run into cusses you out. You think, not that person. <laughs> Whoops, wrong door. You know, wrong number. Who knows? A lot of it might just have to do with how you how you respond back. Most people in the world are expecting you to scream back. And then we can take it to the parking lot. And it's a little surprising when somebody is just simply, I'm not afraid of you. I'm just not here to fight you. I'm not afraid of getting hurt. I've been hurt before. I've been hurt by bigger people than you. But I care about you. That blows their minds. They can't believe it. Takes a while to get them to believe that. She was perfect. Married five times. And now living with a man she wasn't married to. She was to the town that she lived in. She was a social pariah. She was a loose woman. Probably know that I've been told many times that most women in that era would go out early in the morning and draw water because by noon it's way too hot to walk way out to a well, draw that water can be heavy, draw that water and carry it back to Sychar. She was there because those other ladies did not want her around them at that well. So she had to go in the middle of the day. She was a kind of an outcast. She was probably lonely. I'm sure she was unhappy. And the Lord was there to help her. The woman saith to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? You may not realize it. I may be nobody, but I can tell you this much, Charlie. This is our well. And Jacob drank from this well. And his cattle and his camels and his sheep drank from this well. So, again, it's the devil's business to take what we say and twist it. I'm not saying your water stinks. I'd like to drink some of it, matter of fact. I really want to drink some of it. But I'm telling you, there's something that's more important than the water. I'm bringing you something that's more important than the water down in this well. I'm trying to reach to you with something that, that will change your world. That will get you out of this uh, horrible cycle of just 
downward, 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 where it just you're, you're about to totally give up on all of it. And so she was a little confused, probably a little bit agitated. She said, this well is deep. How are you going to get water out of this well? And do you think that you've got better water than the water that Jacob provided us with? You got something better? Jesus said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Again, Jesus, he was, we call him the master teacher. He could always take something we understand physically and then he would move that into the spiritual realm. And so then he was telling her, you know, uh, not in so many words. I have no issue with your well. I, I, I would drink water out of your well any day and I would enjoy it. But what I'm trying to tell you is. You've come to this well every morning. 365 days a year. For the last 10 or 20 years. And you've drawn water out of this well. You've gotten a drink. Whatever. And you're thirsty again before you get back to Sychar. It's just a rut. It's just a routine. Life is boring. Life is, is just one Pain after another, one hassle after another. It's just one disappointment after another. That's all life is. And he's saying it's never going to change from what you're getting out of this well. But the one that's sitting here and talking to you, he's offering you something that will change your life, will change your world, will rock your world. Turn it around. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not neither come hither to draw. I love where Jesus Christ uh, several times made the statement that uh, when you come to me, come to me like a child. Come to me like a little child. You know, only a little child could go from leave me alone to I want some, I want some. You know, I mean, he struck a chord. He struck a chord. She didn't know what it was. She didn't know how it would work. But she did pick up on the fact that he was telling her, I have something that will satisfy you. You've been in and out of so many relationships, it's not even funny. And it hasn't worked. You've tried this. You've tried that. It hasn't worked. If wealth was the answer, rich people wouldn't be committing suicide. 
If popularity was the answer, famous people wouldn't be taking their lives. If alcohol was the answer, all of these 60s hippies that were from my generation wouldn't have all gone to rehab eventually. And now when they're being interviewed with their, their, their bald heads and their pot bellies and their short hair because they can't grow it anymore. And they're asking, how are you doing? And said, um, I'm 16 months dry. Bragging. There was the ones, you know, I don't even want to live to be an old man. Party, hearty man. It's all, you know, let's just get this party. And now... All of a sudden, they go back and they say, um, I, I, I read an interview with, I don't even know his name, but he was one of the band members of the Eagles. And they had a, like a reunion thing, and they went and did a concert in um, Australia. And this one guy said, it's good to be back in Australia. He said... The difference in this trip and the last trips, I hope I can remember what happened this time, is a blank. He was drunk and drugged out the whole time he was there. And he thought he was living. But now he's coming back and saying, I ain't like that no more. I ain't like that no more. Thank God. We've got to come to the understanding this stuff in this world it's band-aids. They're, they're, they're sips of water. And you'll get thirsty again. And you'll, get, you'll be craving for another drink. And then you'll get thirsty again. And then you'll be craving for another drink. And then you'll get thirsty again. And it just, it's just that cycle of life, you know, to where it, it's finally just... If you want to read the one person, the test case of the entire Bible that ought to prove to everybody that you can't get it with things, just read the life of Solomon. He was the king. He answered to nobody. He had to live by no rules. If he wanted to take a walk with no clothes on, Everybody would act like he was dressed. Nobody's going to call him out. If, if, if he wanted to buy your house, he'd buy it. If he wanted to just take your house, he'd take it. If he wanted your wife, he'd take her. Do anything he wants to do. And he told about all of this. He said, I had me, I had me horses and I had me cattle and I had vineyards and I had orchards and, and I had summer homes, and I had winter homes, and I, he had um, a thousand girlfriends. You know, he, he, he could be walking down the road and say, don't I know you? Yeah, I'm your wife. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> we got to get together. <laughs> Not this week. <laughs> Busy, you know. He could do anything he wanted. He, he, he said, I gave myself to wine. He became a wino. You know, the king was walking around the streets 
with this bottle in a paper sack. He said, I gave myself to wine. I gave myself to mirth. You know, I had my own private comedy show. And he said at the end of the day, it was all is vanity. That means zero. Vexation of the spirit. And he explained lust like this. He said, it's like your eyes. Your eyes sees everything, but at no point does a normal person say, I've seen enough. You can have my eyes. No, I got to see more. Your eyes, your ears. I've heard enough. You, you know, no, I've never heard enough. I want to keep on hearing. I want to keep on seeing. He said it's like the streams that run into the rivers. And the rivers run into the ocean. And the ocean's never full. He said that's what human desires like. There's no such thing as enough. Somebody asked J. Paul Getty one time, Mr. Getty, how much money do you want? And his response, just a little more. Just a little more. We'll stop here. And um, again, Lord willing, we'll, we'll go a little further into the beauty of the Holy Ghost, the necessity of the Holy Ghost, the blessings of the Holy Ghost, the workings of the Holy Ghost. But I, at least I wanted to get to this point to remind us all. We, I'll close with this little story. I had a, I had a great uncle. I guess he was a great uncle. Um, it was my grandmother's brother. He was a hermit. He was a recluse. He was a weirdo. He was my great uncle, Uncle Ray. <clears throat> he lived by himself. My grandmother and her sister kind of felt obligated to check on him on his birthday. I didn't even know that's why we went and found him. It's like, oh no, it's that time again. We all going looking for Uncle Ray. And uh, he lived in an area of the boonies somewhere outside of Oklahoma City. But it was always somewhere new. So we'd go, my grandma would go to the last place Uncle Ray had been. And it would be usually somebody that's got woods behind their house and a creek or a spring. And he would be in like a, one of those little uh, round trailers. With, and, or he'd be in a little shack. And he'd just have a newspaper on the wall and he he had like it looked like a cot he had a 22 rifle he smoked a pipe he was Prince Albert because all I remember about him and his teeth were just about completely flattened off from biting that pipe and they were tobacco color and he played with that pipe 24-7. Because those things go out every 14 seconds. And talked absolute 
nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And uh, Grandma would go looking up, and my Aunt Fanny, <laughs> yeah, that's her name, Aunt Fanny and Grandma would go find Uncle Ray, and then try and clean up that rat's nest he's doing, try and make sure he's alive, he's doing okay. life absolute waste and I look at him as an example of somebody that's absolutely wasted their life not understanding that if I push away the beautiful things that God offers me to make my life make my life somehow matter, to give me a reason to go on. The Holy Ghost. But I was just going to touch on this. One time I was with Uncle Ray and he said he's going to make him some coffee. Luckily I didn't drink coffee. But he's going to make coffee. And he got a bucket and he had me go with him and we went down and there was a spring. And I didn't even know it was a spring. It's just a leaf bed, and he pushed all the leaves back and got a bucket of water and took it up and boiled and made coffee. And so down there, there was a spring with drinkable water, but I had never found it. It was totally covered. Even when we have the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ talks about the cares of life. The things that will just clog it up. And so, for those of us that have the Holy Ghost, we can't neglect it. It doesn't go away. It doesn't die. But I can just tune it out and cover it up. And eventually, it's really of not much benefit to me unless I keep that Holy Ghost flowing. Keep that avenue. Keep the door open. That's why we're here this evening. Dear God Almighty, Lord, don't let me lose my way. Lord, don't let me get caught up in anything, whether it's politics or whether it's uh, 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 money, chasing money or worrying about money. In Jesus' name, God, don't let anything in this world rob me of the joy of the Holy Ghost. Don't let anything in this world, Lord, turn my head away from looking at you and looking into a world that I fled from at one time and all of a sudden start thinking it wasn't that bad. Remind me, Lord, it was that bad. In Jesus' name. Thank you for the Holy Ghost, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Ghost, Lord. Thank you for your spirit. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory in your presence. 
is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Your spirit, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You are my hope. You are my help. You are my strength. You are my encouragement. You are my, you are my helper. You are my protector. You are my guardian. You are my light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the Spirit to God that brings light. I thank you for the hope that you have given me, Lord God. I hate, thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord God. God, to keep focused, to keep my eye on the ball, to re realize, Lord God, that you are the most important thing in my life. And you are the biggest blessing in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, God to look unto you, to seek you, to set in your presence, to take time, Lord God, to soak up your goodness. Remind us, Lord God, some, from time to time where we were and where you brought us. Thank you, Jesus, for my hope. You give me hope in a world full of fear and doubt. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We got the Holy Ghost. There is power to get through anything. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's a great night in church. Appreciate that. I love preaching. Love preaching. They say it's the foolishness of preaching. It works every time. Amazing. God is good. He loves us, cares about us. Glad I came tonight. Looking forward to Sunday. Thank you, Brother Nance. We're all dismissed. Remember, invite somebody to church. Tell them the good things about God, what all he's done for you. It's that easy. And uh, we'll see you Sunday morning.
10 o'clock. I'll say this out loud. That way, Brother Nance won't have a reason not to show up on time. 10 o'clock on Sunday, 11.15 afternoon service. God bless everybody. <laughs>